I don't really know how to start it yet, but it's probably going to be something along the lines of Welcome to Late to the Movies. I'm Ben Holt, <laughs> and this is a podcast where my friends and I get to fill in our movie blind spots every week. We're going to pick a movie that either I or a guest hasn't seen before, but really should have by now. This week, it's a little twisted, Ooh. because um, <laughs> not just friends, but family, because this is the Thanksgiving episode, and Thanksgiving's about family, and you, kind of, yeah. Um <laughs> This week, the movie is Adam's Family Values. New to the podcast is actually all the guests. New to this particular movie, I think, is actually just Sam, though. Who is my cousin? That's the family connection. <laughs> Hello. Uh, I'm his cousin. Exactly. Also here, my sister, Kay. Hello. Great. And uh, also, Bree, we're not technically related, but you're part of the family, so it's all good. <laughs> it's my girlfriend, Bree. <laughs> I don't want to just be like, and here's my cousin's girlfriend. It sounds like <laughs> diminishing. You're part of the family, too. It's all good. Uh, so, yeah. Kay, Sam, Bree are all here, all family. We're doing a family movie. Probably, I don't even know if you really consider it a family movie because of the level of humor and stuff. It's right in the title. It's family values. But, yeah, that's the point. Obviously, we'll get to the reason why it explicitly counts for Thanksgiving later. Mm-hmm. But we normally start talking about movie habits in general. And uh, what you guys normally, your kind of media diet, how often are you watching movies? Uh, for you, why haven't you watched this before? That kind of thing. So whoever wants to jump in and I'll edit out the dead air. <laughs> um, I watch movies kind of mostly, I think, with Ben. Yeah. <laughs> so That's uh, if you're, if I'm watching something, it's usually because I've gotten the recommendation from Ben from you um Fair enough. to watch it or it's I do a lot of rewatching. I watch a lot of movies that like I already was a fan of again I'm not one to kind of seek out new movies on my own but I do enjoy it when I do yeah sure um I watch movies probably like I don't even know like bi-weekly like weekly I don't I'm not like this kind of person that like watches a movie like every day or like looks forward to them um but I don't. You, I, dread, I, you yeah, dread the idea. Dread the of like, idea. oh man, it's almost uh, time to watch another movie. <laughs> but um, I'm much more into like video games because my ADD. So I end up, That's I right. do end up watching decent amount. Like I would say, I probably watch an average amount of movies for like what the normal like into media person uh kind of does. Maybe even less so. Um, but yeah, I gen- it's generally generally comedy movies. Uh, I don't really venture that that much into like other genres on purpose but like i'll obviously like kind of aim for whatever's whatever's like been been pitched to me as good and stuff i'm usually like oh yeah cool that sounds good to me yeah sure brie so i didn't really grow up watching many movies because i just wasn't allowed to (laughs) Uh, my (laughs) parents were super strict so uh most pg-13 movies were vetted out um anything that had even even a whiff of sexual content was edited out um, even like just kind of like just slightly sensual kisses my dad would be like nope fast forwarding get out of the room <laughs> um, so there's a lot of movies that I missed out on um, which is funny because my dad's now a huge movie junkie um, so I spent most of my adulthood after moving out of the house uh, just catching up on old classics stuff like that like I hadn't seen Breakfast Club until I was like 20 um, great time to watch Breakfast Club to right yeah. <laughs> um I definitely, before pandemic, went to the movie theaters pretty often. Mm-hmm. Um, 
But I'd say I watch probably more than my fair share of movies. I like watching new movies. I love my comfort movies. I've seen Mean Girls probably a hundred times. Yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> yeah. House Bunny's getting up there. Um, I love my dumb comedy movies. Same. <laughs> I feel like, yeah, I feel like you watch more, uh, like at least intentionally. We, we mostly watch movies together now. Right. But like, I feel like intentionally you are more prone to be like, let's watch a movie than I am. Yeah, definitely. I initiate movie watching more. Mm-hmm. That makes a lot of sense. Has anyone seen anything interesting lately? We slowly have been trudging through different series um, at very mm-hmm. rare. Like we're we're through Ocean's Eleven, Ocean's Twelve, which are movies that I love and uh, Brie has not watched. I like heist movies, yeah. so I've been I've been enjoying those. I'm not too keen on action, but since these are more heisty, I'm super yeah. into them. They're so. they're just heists and vibes. I'm very, yeah, so, yeah, exactly. especially, very especially twelve. Yeah, twelve is essentially 12. like a buddy hangout movie. Well, yeah. Twelve is like plot wise is by far the worst. Um, <laughs> as far as I'm personally concerned, it's tough. The ending is just completely tough. I, I love twelve. Twelve so twelve's fun. Twelve so thirteen. Fun. I think they get progressively more fun as they go because I think thirteen's just super like fun. like thirteen. Oh, yeah. It's almost like they're like we don't care anymore. Yeah. Like we're just here to mess up Al Pacino and have a good time. Like, that's <laughs> yeah, like they, they, they the just do eleven again basically. Yeah. But yeah. I love twelve. Uh, the the sequence in twelve the where um, Tess has uh, to pretend to be Julia Roberts. Oh, it's great. Yeah, oh, with Bruce Willis also Bruce there. Willis is also there. <laughs> the fun, it was funny. So like I it was funny watching twelve. I have such reverence for the for the laser scene where Vincent oh, yeah. Cassell like dances Does through the, the laser lasers. dance. Yeah. And meanwhile, like I hadn't really thought about it up to that point. Like she's watching it for the first time and just like she's like, why doesn't he just go behind the statues? Like why? <laughs> Like, no one would ever do this. Like, oh, I'm so, so many, practical when it comes to things so like that. so many easier ways to get around this thing. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, no, I didn't. I just I had not thought about that. Like, yep. He oh, could have yeah. just yeah, ran statue Yeah, you can very clearly see the that the it's lasers don't go past yeah. really the statues. That They kind of just like, they don't clip through. So anyone that goes past the like behind the statues, they can easily avoid them. So I'm like, why doesn't he just avoid yeah, all that trouble? like surface level like <laughs> defense the, technology the point, out there. You know? Like they don't need to have like, <laughs> yeah. like but... It's yeah. just it's just because it looks cooler, I guess. Yeah, right, definitely. It's the I've, I said this earlier to her, like it's the definition of like it's a movie, not a film. Like stop thinking about it. And <laughs> yeah. Enjoy it. Uh, we're also halfway through rewatching Twilight as like a complete That's very as true. like a complete. Uh, I don't want to say ironic because it's almost past it's, irony for me. Yeah. Like true. they're just fu- it's like a combination of just comfort and like they weirdly almost made comedy movies by accident. I genuinely yeah. enjoy those movies like, because of that. They're just funny. Yeah. The, like it's not quite like the room level bad, but it's just like you can like if you think about the apathy of some of the actors involved plot like yeah. taking into account like some of the absolute just yeah. yeah, like the awful lines like in that uh. My favorite, like I, I said to her, my favorite line in that whole series, th- like that isn't like one of like the super famous ones, is uh, in the scene in Twilight, like the original film, uh, where it's like after like the whole like stupid wind scene or like a uh, fan scene has happened and like they've just met each other, uh, like she's like walking like outside to a bus and Robert Pattinson just comes up behind her, like goes to Kristen Stewart and just says, "You and me, we shouldn't be friends." <laughs> <laughs> Stop and have a longer conversation, but just like <laughs> that line, just like for some reason, just kills me. Oh goodness! Yeah, it's uh, it's it's weird. And then Pattinson and Kristen Stewart are now considered to be like really good actors. So oh yeah. yeah, you can tell it wasn't really their fault what was no. happening. Oh, definitely, they both hate that movie. movie. <laughs> yeah. And I also yeah. think they both are doing it. like what they've been asked to do. Like oh, yeah. they were. Oh, absolutely! Yeah, they're both playing like best. yeah, I guess yeah. teenage apathy yeah. kind of yeah. 
I can't wait for Robert Pattinson's Batman movie. Uh, oh, <laughs> that looks excited. like it's going to be I think so it's good. It's going to be yeah. really good. I don't know. I've been burned by DC before, obviously, but um, I think that one looks cool. Mm-hmm. We all, we also rewatched Talladega Nights one morning. We did, yeah. We woke up at like five in the morning. <laughs> we were just like, let's just watch this movie. I forgot why. I don't remember. Why not? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's not a, a tough watch. the best time. <laughs> I can't remember why. I think we maybe like I had just made like a joke about it like that morning. I, don't know. I think we just so. watch it. Yeah. It was like we were both up super early. We weren't going to get back to sleep before work. Like and it was just kind of like let's just watch. Oh yeah, movie. that was on a work day. Too. That was a work day. Um, but yeah, we just like ripped through Talladega Nights in the morning. Yeah. Jack McBrayer just just chilling, just doing in, in there. Yeah. Per, like I think that might have that wasn't that was. I think the year 30 Rock came out, I think it was like a simultaneous, like he wasn't even really that famous yet, mm-hmm. just being in the crew. Um, that movie, I mean, obviously there's going to be issues with all of those movies. There's going to be some lines here and there that are groaners, and the fact that a lot of homosexuality is just played as a joke in that movie is not great, but mm-hmm. yeah, it's it, as from a joke standpoint, I think it actually holds up pretty well, like just mm-hmm. from a yeah. bits standpoint. Um. Those are all, yeah, those are all cool. So I sat down to watch Adam's Family Values last night, and instead I um, was like, oh, you know what? I want to watch like the first 20 minutes of Tick, Tick, Boom, because it just came out. People are really excited about it. So I watched the first 20 minutes of Tick, Tick, Boom, and then it was 1130, and I was like, yeah, I'll check out SNL. Uh, <laughs> Simu Liu is hosting, and like he's funny. Let's see, let's see how that goes. And then I accidentally watched all of SNL, <laughs> and then um, which I don't think I've watched it live in a while. Yeah, <laughs> um, but certainly wasn't on purpose. And it was a pretty good episode. I, I think it was probably probably above average, but not like a classic. You know, there's some good yeah. stuff in there. We watched we watched the first two skits on YouTube. Yeah, the this after morning. monologue skit and yeah, the, the one Republican that, or not. Yeah, I do. Yeah, I, like it's all. It's always any. It's I always mean, any Keenan as is yeah. usually like my go-to. Keenan as as um, game show host skits. Yeah, are mm-hmm. all good. Uh, there, there's a really good Bowen Yang, Simu Liu uh, pre-tape thing that was really good. All right, we'll check that out. Yep. Um, <laughs> I mean, anything with Bowen Yang. Uh, just about them being competitive about being the first Asian guy to do something. <laughs> um, I love Bowen Yang. Yeah, it's really funny. Um, but and then after that, I was like, okay, whatever. It's 1 a.m. I'll watch like 30 minutes of Adam's Family Values, and then I'll only have an hour to do tomorrow morning. Nope. And I watched the rest of Tick, Tick, Boom, <laughs> which was an hour and a half long. <laughs> and uh, from where it's two hours long, but I already watched the first like 20 minutes and change. Mm. Uh, Ticket Boom's great, so that's what I've watched recently. Yeah, that's what the um, creator of Rent, right? Yeah, okay, yeah. gotcha. So, like his biography. Larson. Yep, it's going to frustrate some of my Oscar um, fan friends quite a bit to know that they they will have to watch at least one musical this year because <laughs> that is was really freaking good. Andrew Garfield's amazing at oh, it, yeah. so um, that's going to get some nominations. Um, it kind of the so. Connected tissue. Here comes a segue. Get ready. <laughs> there is, I think, for people our age, the idea of like a theater kid really stems from someone I knew in high school that was really into Rent. Yeah. And that's kind of the energy we think of when we think of theater kid. This being about Jonathan Larson, a few, you know, it covers a time period in his life that's a few years before he wrote Rent, actually. Um. It didn't have. It has a really big theater kid energy, <laughs> but it it, it I sh- shockingly didn't great. Um, 
on me. It, it, it just worked for me. There's a couple characters in this movie that have really big theater kid energy and Adam's family values. Mm-hmm. And um, it's campy, right? So mm-hmm. that's literally and figuratively, literally and figuratively, <laughs> which is something that like hit me this time. I was like, oh, camp. I get it. Cause yeah. camp. <laughs> um, so yeah, I just thought that was, you know, campiness can be pretty big theater kid energy too. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And you think of like Rocky horror show and stuff like oh, that yeah. picture mm-hmm. horror show. Um, what was the other one? Little shop of horrors is also yeah. up there. Um, Oh, what's that other Tim Curry one? No, not Tim Curry. Fern Gully. <laughs> <laughs> Clue. Clue. I mean, Clue has big. Clue is yeah. pretty. <laughs> yeah. Clue is pretty campy. But yeah, those like Congo. classics, they definitely all have a vibe. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah. Uh, so. I, yeah. So to get really into the movie, we're going to have Sam, because you haven't seen this movie before, tell us it. a brief plot summary of Adam's Family Values. All right, so Adam's Family Values uh, kick kickstarts pretty quick. Uh, they're they're sixty yep. miles an hour out the gate. Uh, the yep. plot is basically that Gomez and Mar- Morticia have a new baby, uh, and um, it kind of like starts with like uh, Wednesday. It's Pugsley. I always yeah. me- I don't want to mess up the name. <laughs> Wednesday and Pugsley are not largest fans of new baby as like general like oh like the aw shucks you know like uh, thought of like what like classic thought on like a uh, family movies or TV is um, as Adam's family is always trying to kind of subvert that stuff. Uh, so they don't like it. So they have to get a nanny to kind of take care of the kid. The nanny comes in. Uh, but it really turns out that the nanny is a serial killer uh, whose whole thing is like the Black Widow, like finds a new husband and uh, kills them, gets the money and runs. Uh, so then uh, she tries to go after Uncle Fester. And then Uncle Fester is like madly in love with her because he's just like sad boy energy all the day, all, <laughs> yeah. all the time. And uh, they get to like... Uh, they're 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 doing their thing. They're they're actually probably the A plot. B plot is like uh, um, uh, Wednesday and Pugsley get sent to summer camp where it is run by theater kid ty- uh, Republican tyrants. I don't even like it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much. No, hundred yeah. percent. Yeah, like like the weirdest like pompous energy of all time. Uh, and like they're obviously just not jiving with any of that. Uh, so that like uh, it basically turns into. Um, on the A plot side, uh, the nanny marries Fester. Fe- uh, she tries to kill Fester. Fester doesn't die. She gets frustrated by that. Uh, tries to isolate him from the family. The f- um, like specifically Morticia and Gomez. Gomez is specifically upset about this because Fester is his brother and uh, almost dies of just sadness. <laughs> yeah. Uh, very sad. And uh, then they go to fight for to get Fester back. Uh, Fester ends up. Seems like blowing up the house. Fester gets away. Um, there with the with the help of the the thing or the thing, whatever thing. the yeah. Thing. name is. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, no, the it's cleaner. It's just cleaner. <laughs> yeah. thank you, uh, Justin Timberlake. Uh, so, thing thing helps him get away. Kind of. Uh, they the the camp is uh, saved by a a combination of a weird uh, Christina Ricci David Crumholtz love intro uh, teenage love story, uh, yeah. along with just some epic um 
like white man re- uh, like and or not re- white man redemption, but white man, white man <laughs> Andy. Gen- like uh, yeah, like retribution. Retribution. Yeah. That is the word I'm looking yeah, for. Yeah. Like, <laughs> some white man retribution, uh, where the a very unfortunate in today's era um, play about the first Thanksgiving turns into Wednesday, yeah. representing the was it Chinawak tribe? Something Chippewa. Like, Chippewa. Sorry, uh, the Chippewa tribe. Like basically hold like like holding a not a res- retro a retribution not the word I was looking for but a retribution against the pilgrims and straight up almost marking some of the actual uh, actual people in the play and oh, yeah. the camp itself uh, and then all those plots kind of sync up back at the Adams family house where the nanny has uh, consolidated power within the house and get, <laughs> uh, is set everybody up to an electric chair uh, and then the baby who has been vaguely around most of the movie like the baby i I mean in their defense they're they're a baby yeah the baby the baby starts out looking like gomez and then like a a side almost c plot is that the baby turns into a regular baby and they're distraught by this and ends up being like a normal blonde-headed child but then the he he gets re-gomezed and ends up through like a rude goldberg-esque like series of calamities ends up frying the the babysitter uh, slash ex or current wife, I guess, of Fester. Yeah. Um, when she tries to she tries to electrocute the entire Adams family, the baby lands next to wires, reroutes the wires as only a baby can, <laughs> and fries her into dust. Yeah. Yeah. So that's basically that's the then the epilogue is fine. <laughs> <laughs> and that's Adam fam- Adams that's family, family values. values. In a nutshell. <laughs> So I do want to address right off the top um, that he missed a lot of stuff. In no, 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 no. Just saying, just out, bigger picture. Um, I mentioned on the last episode that an extremely popular podcaster, Scott Ackerman, and from Comedy Bang Bang, it started a podcast of almost the same exact idea as this one. Um, their Thanksgiving episode. We've been planning to do this episode for over a month, like yeah. a month and a half. Yeah. Uh, we're recording it on the Sunday before Thanksgiving. It's been like almost a month and a half that we've been trying to get this done. And we almost already recorded it last weekend. Yep. Uh, I think this Friday on that new podcast's <laughs> in- Instagram feed, they announced that for Thanksgiving, they're doing Adam's Family Value. So once again, I'm not trying to copy anybody. It's just, <laughs> just kind of happening. And then a quick side note about Instagram. Um, the show has an Instagram. You can find it at late number two, late to the movies underscore pod or podcast. Not sure which one. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you type pod and it'll auto fill the rest yeah. if there is the <laughs> rest. I'm not sure. Um, my friend Robbie runs it. He's been on this podcast a bunch of times and he was following people that he thought were following, but it was actually just suggestions, which is all to say the podcast follows your mom and she does not follow back. <laughs> So my, my mother, aunt, your aunt. Yes. <laughs> so I don't know what she thinks about that. That's right. funny because I think she follows me and I don't follow her back. No. So. Oh, okay, so it's reciprocal. It's a yeah. cycle. Yep. It's definitely a cycle. So I just wanted to get that context out of the way yeah. before we get into it. You said it starts zero to 60, and I, and I appreciate that. It's basically like, what do you need to know from the first movie? Eh, if you didn't see it, we're going to get it to you in a quick dose. Yeah. Yeah. Here's everyone. Here's what everyone's doing around the house. Here's their vibe. 
she's pregnant. Here's their relationship. Yep. Here's everyone else's yeah. stuff. And I think it's and kind of go. like they expect us to have a level of familiarity. Like yeah. this is a cartoon that started in 1938. Yeah. So this right. is not oh, yeah. brand new. That also had a show in the there 60s. There was a 64 yeah. TV yeah. show and then the movie prior to this. So we we know who these people are. But if you don't remember, here's yeah. kind of what they're doing. Um, and I freaking love Angelica Houston <laughs> so much. So good. She's so good. And the whole thing kind of comes to a head when they're like, they go by Lurch. Lurch is playing the Adams Family music, goes down to her, and she's like, Gomez. And just like the flat, it's like, we're going to have a baby now. (laughs) Goes right into it. Yeah. I think she is seldomly shown in this movie without having like a noir highlight around her eyes, which is just like, it's so, funny and interesting every time it happens, and it's just one of those things. It's just they keep doing it. It's literally every time she pops up. And you can up, see, almost. like once you notice that, you can't unsee it. Right. And I also really like. I tried to look up how they do it, and what it was saying for me is that they literally have like just gaffer tape, like across the lighting, so that it just has that like one bar that'll yeah. come up, and it's just centered on her, like her mark. So she has to just walk to it and stay there, which is why, like sometimes you'll see her like move into it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, what a queen. There, there, yeah, yeah, there's a couple right. times that just she just such finds queen it. energy. <laughs> she's she's so good. In the, the, yeah, all of the performances, and that's one of the, the the big my big takeaways from this is that the movie doesn't work without commitment from the performers and everyone is so locked in it's it's incredible um obviously one of the most iconic child actor performances from christina ricci in it yeah and then obviously you already mentioned angelica houston and raul julia as uh morticia and gomez and christopher lloyd doing his thing as uncle fester yeah even joan cusack is is awesome in carol kane Yeah, Carol Kane Cal- doing just the Cal- thing that Carol Kane just did. I, said that, I said that while we were watching it. I was like, this is Carol Kane doing Carol Kane's thing. Yeah. yeah. Like 10 years after she started, and she's still doing it now. And somehow, like, oh, yeah. the funny thing to me is that she always she's plays. She's probably like 40. I, was, I literally said, like, she, all, she only plays like 60 year old grandmas, and she, she's yep. only 40 in this movie. Yep. She was like doing that before. Like, she did that in, like, was she in Princess Bride? I feel like that was like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. She, she was like, the, the old like, witchy like, woman. Yeah. yeah it's like, she's just like been doing this, and she's been like, Yep. 35 oh yeah without, no, it's the, just without her thing. the makeup it's her character and um kimmy schmidt also yeah, exactly. like, oh my god like, like, it's so so funny <laughs> yeah and just like just weird old lady who's, yeah. like, who's, got who's been playing weird old secrets. lady for 40 years like, oh god, like and now say. she like i wouldn't even she's only like 69 now it's yeah. not even like she's like ancient or anything like it's just kind of crazy that she's just been playing that character yep. and now yeah, is literally. like literally the age that that character needs oh, to be Gotta so say good. it doesn't surprise me that she plays uh, the Penguin's mother in Gotham. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, that's just that so fitting. That makes a lot of sense too. When you said Penguin's mother, I, I immediately just because of the vibe was like, I don't remember her in oh um, in, uh, Batman and yeah, like in Danny DeVito's mom, or Batman Returns. <laughs> Batman Returns, yeah, because yes. like oh. she definitely would have fit the the Tim Burton. Yeah, yeah. also. A, a different kind of camp, but also oh, yeah. a pretty campy version of that. Oh I also just want to throw, like, I don't have a lot to talk about with this one with, but I just want to throw out, like, my just appreciation for the kid who plays Pugsley. Because, yeah. like, I was, yeah. he is basically, he got paid to have a dumb haircut and make the same face over and over again, and he just crisply nails it every time. Yeah, <laughs> like, I, I have thought, like, he's... There's a lot of, there's no nuance to it. It's no. just, like, hit your mark, 
hit this face, say a line if you need to in your re- probably regular voice, and yeah. it worked, and that's all yeah. we needed. I definitely have the thought, like, he is a very good scene partner for everyone else because they were like, one person doesn't go to 11. And yeah, it's this and guy. It's this <laughs> yeah. And all, the only stuff he really needs to hit is the when he's like yelling, eat me at all the parents. I was going to say, the, yeah. and then like they were like, <laughs> but you're going to be the big turkey. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yep, yep, yep. Um, just to jump back to Joan Cusack, I yeah, jump adore wherever. her as well. Yeah. I just, it was just one queen after another. <laughs> and she comes in and is just like so perfect the just kind of weird flirtatiousness that's like aggressive right Mm -hmm. away and you're like oh okay it's just the dichotomy too of like her always in the white with like the Mm. kind of creepy house all around her what's the line with thing it's i'm good with my hands or something yeah yeah, that was a great line so yeah super good oh man yeah we could have just all written down lines and been like this one was great sometimes 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 low-hanging fruit is very ripe and good (laughs) like like you need that line i don't care how easy that line Uh is like yeah so so speaking of the performances and you already dialed in on angelica houston but her and Raul Julia's chemistry in these yeah. in these Adams Family movies. We should mention this is a sequel, um, but generally thought of as better than this than the first one, mm-hmm. and it kind of gets into more of a dark dark macabre kind of vibe. Not that the first one doesn't, obviously, but that was a little more madcap. But their chemistry is so awesome in yeah, this movie. Yeah. It's just it's just so cool. Yeah, it's to me the thing. Like I I, I kind of mentioned to Bree while we were watching it, like. I wasn't 100% sure if this was, like, one of the harder roles that Angelica Houston had to do to nail or if this is just Angelica Houston having the best time of her life. Yeah. Like, and, like, just dancing around with Raul Julia and just, like, ah, whatever, you know, like, it's, it's, they both make it seem effortless, which is why it's, to me, so good. Yeah. Like, they're both extremely good actors. Like, I haven't seen either one of them in, like, a ton of stuff, but it's, like, well, they're one of the actors where it's, like, I miss their, like, prime because they were a little, you know, older than, like, what I was. But, like, the stuff I've seen them all in, the two things I noticed is that they do a good job and they whole ass everything. So it's mm-hmm. just, That's like, absolutely it. Mm-hmm. Just kind of wholeheartedly yeah, no, whatever no, they need to do. Yeah. Right. It's so good. There's one line of hers that I, I feel like I probably haven't seen this movie in years at this point so i don't i didn't remember the line specifically but it's when they're going to confront debbie because like fester can't go and see them and i don't want to jump to like the end of the movie but um angelica houston and morticia morticia is kind of listing all these horrible things she's done and she's like and i can respect all that as a woman and then she says but really pastels and like she instantly is like furious and it's so good because like morticia just knows exactly like Mm -hmm how to twist the screws sort of yeah. thing. Yeah, that's what she walks in and she goes like, you have him under some kind of spectru- sexual s- spell and I can respect that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You've gone too far. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So good. Every Yeah, everything's just played like she has a sexy secret the whole time. Yeah. She's always like, <laughs> just looking like side eye out at the camera with like a crazy smile. Um, yeah. Yeah, she's awesome in this. This is a few years after she wins her Oscar so it just seems like a fun thing that she wanted to do, yeah. I guess. I was trying to debate. This is kind of like switching gears a little bit. But I was trying to debate whether Christopher Lloyd thought this was like Christopher Lloyd does a great job. I'm not taking that away. But when Christopher Lloyd takes this job, does he think this is a paycheck movie or is this like a like I did Back to the Future? I just want to do something zany. <laughs> like, yeah. like, He's by far the most zany. Yeah. Zany is a good word. 
but yeah, I know yeah. it's it's tough, right? I can't really see other people in that role too. So you know that like yeah. whether he wanted to do it or not, they probably came at him hard with like an offer and like we like we need you and your energy specifically for what we're doing here. Yeah. And like you're the biggest name we have that can do that. Because like even think of just stuff like the faces he makes and like the yeah. noise, like it's all classic stuff I've seen from Christopher Lloyd from like Taxi, like on yeah, and you can't really swap someone else into that no there's no, no. way you'd and need another vibe if you wanted to get somebody else it's uh i don't even know if you'd call it physical comedy because it's not like he's doing pratfalls but it's like physicality yeah. comedy where it's just like all right we're gonna put you in like a weird wig and yep. that's Jim gonna be Carrey-esque. the joke of this scene yeah, yeah. almost like a, yeah because <laughs> it's like it's and you're like, just gonna stand there and look dumb in a wig because <laughs> like, like and it's weird because like he's at that, I don't, I, I should probably bring up his filmography, but like I'm thinking at that time, like this is 93. Mm-hmm. He obviously was in ni- the 91 Adams family. Yeah. Like his and That's two, all after Back to the Future. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah. he's out, he's on the other side of Back to the Future and Clue. And it's like, well, he's instrumental to like Back to the Future. Like you think about him in Clue, and I think like, oh, he did a good job in Clue, but he wasn't like a, he wasn't like one of the top three people in Clue. And you could easily have done, gotten somebody else to play him in Clue. Mm-hmm. But like I'm trying to literally think of like, putting anybody else from that era in that role that would have gotten anything even like resembling out of that the same way. Like, and I can't like I get, Jim Carrey is honestly probably like, if you wanted to go, if you wanted to make this a fester movie, cause at the time I don't think Jim Carrey was doing non-starring roles in anything, but like, yeah, that's really the only yeah, other place right. I can go is like just getting somebody really over the top. Yeah. To, to be that big, but you need a character actor to do it because it's, you know, yeah, you know, the fourth lead or whatever. I had to look it up because I was going to say, um, but this person died about 10 years before uh, <laughs> Family Values came out. But I wouldn't say like someone like Marty Feldman. Oh, yeah. He would have been yeah. a great fester. And I was thinking like, like you could almost see like Eric Idle or something. Mm. Sort True. Of, like that sort of vibe. Oh, sure, but, like, yeah. yeah. Yeah, just get someone from sketch. Comedy. Yeah, it right. didn't need to be like SNL or like um, Monty Python or... Marty Feldman. I mean, Marty Feldman at least played. You know, I'm thinking was SNL. Was Frankenstein, that's, so we yeah, got to at that's least why have I was like gonna, the same vibe. Yeah, yeah. exactly. But, yeah, that's thinking SNL. Thought. Like, could could Phil Hartman have done this? God, <laughs> like, no, yeah, no, very specific. Have, so this is this is gonna be this would be a worse movie. And like, it's like I mean, they had a they had a sequel with Tim Curry as Gomez, but like, I almost mm-hmm. I would and oh, Daryl Yeah, I would almost love to see like the. Phil Hartman Gomez, like where it's just it's just like a really straightforward, like yeah. deadpan. Like there's not like it's not like a heavily acted like go like you watch this movie. Gomez like is very like like Raul Julia is doing a lot. Like Raul mm-hmm. Julia is very emotional, very like you know charismatic everywhere. I almost kind of want to see like the Phil Hartman everyman Gomez take where <laughs> yeah. he's just like walking around going like that thing's dead, baby, and that's just like, <laughs> that's just the whole vibe of like the movie because that also would have been. Yeah, so funny. I yeah. could watch Phil Hartman in anything. <laughs> yeah, and I think I—I I mean, I can definitely see you Chris Farley as Fester, just kind of like screaming Stop around. It. Yeah, <laughs> fine. I'm you, trying you... to get this light bulb out of my mouth. Like, just... <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! That yeah. kind of a movie. Yeah, it would be a very different energy. It would change it, but like, yeah, it would be very different vibe. Yep. <laughs> I think Hartman could definitely nail the scene where the. Carol Kane's character, I think Grandma, is telling them all the things that could happen to the baby now that it's normal. Oh yeah, and <laughs> just yeah, be a lawyer. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Raul Julia, awesome in this scene, but I think Hart- Hartman playing distress also works. Oh there. god, <laughs> yeah. 
doctor say it isn't i can't do his voice i don't know why i'm doing that. <laughs> yeah just just do yeah just do his character from futurama yeah, and that's yeah, that's it that right. brain again all yeah. over the place oh man good stuff so we should talk a little bit i wrote camp is camp and i thought yeah. it was clever yeah. um the kids get sent to camp because uh debbie joan cusack's character manipulates the parents into thinking that's what they really want mm. and all the camp stuff is very fun and then for the bulk of the movie you're swapping between um the adamses that are still at home fester off somewhere with debbie and the kids at camp and also crumholtz is there yep. <laughs> I, I forgot yeah i definitely forgot crumholtz is in I, here i forgot so many of the people at the camp because like, that's true too as soon as i saw uh baransky <laughs> i was so excited and i'd forgotten she was the counselor yeah and then Becky. um the uh who's the other who's peter mcnichol yeah yes. McNichol. The- um and it was the same thing i was like oh they're gary, perfect gary yeah. 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 um and then crumholtz and the girl who plays um the like main blonde like yeah. nemesis of wednesday yep. um i could not figure out why he, i knew her so well and it turns out she was a fairly re- reoccurring character on buffy the vampire slayer oh. um ah. she played harmony who eventually got turned into a vampire um spoilers <laughs> well, I mean, it happens pretty early in, but also, and I figured this out later in the very first Adams family, she's the little girl scout. Mm. Oh, oh yeah, that's okay. right. Yeah. Okay. Um, they just liked her and wanted to bring yeah, her back. That's kind of yeah. What I thought. I was like, she must, must have been, been great. Her name's Mercedes McNabb. Um, <laughs> great name. Right. Yeah, really. Um, but it's just so good. And I like that they say, and I don't know if this was early or if they mentioned it at some point, but it's the camp for young young privileged, privileged kids, kids. Yeah. Mm-hmm. oh yeah like, oh that's yeah yeah they they, so they, they put they very much put a point on that and then just reinforce it throughout the whole time exactly. they're there <laughs> that it is like not just privileged but specifically white blonde kids yeah, yeah. and oh, then yeah. the people who are just weird like the adams is or brunettes i guess like the adams is yeah. or it's like anyone who isn't white Crumholtz because he's Jewish. Yeah, well, they say outcasts. Yeah, outcasts. yeah. Everyone else um, eventually is assigned to be the uh, Chippewa tribe. Yeah, yeah. when she, yeah. when they're going through and like naming who they're going to be, and they can't say Jamal. Jamal, Jamal, and the kid just shaking. Yeah, you could you tell it's like a seven, eight year old kid playing it, but he just gives like a. I'm real tired. (laughs) We didn't tell him what the scene was going to be. And his actual name is Jamal. And that's what. Yeah. Because he doesn't have any lines. He just like, it just, yeah, yeah, it's just perfect. I think all the casting, it's so hard to work with kids as, you know, you you expect in movies, they have so many restrictions. Mm. And so to have such a big part of this movie being child performances, especially everything Christina Ricci's doing. Yeah. um, Because she was only 13, right? Sure. I mean, I, I believe, believe so because I, I think she was eleven in the first one. So yeah. Well, she's she is amazing in this movie. She's fantastic. <laughs> scene where so they tell it like she's like, oh, I'm gonna be a good kid now, and they're like, she tries to oh, smile. The smile. It's so funny. <laughs> it the way it like how it all of them so take a step long. back yeah. too. Spe- yeah. Speaking of physical comedy, that's like. That that was so funny. Yeah. That's really all it is. is that is a super talented her kid, face man. too. Yeah. And as she's doing it, all the other kids are like, oh, my God, it's terrifying. (laughs) Everyone takes a big step back. It's like, oh, no, oh, no. Uh, One of my favorite scenes from the from the um, the campside of things. And it's so stupid. 
is I don't oh, I can't even remember the framing, which isn't great, but like they get caught do like the the Adam like the Adams kids and Crumholtz and stuff get caught doing something they're such they shouldn't. And they're like they're like, We're gonna punish you and they're like and like all the people just start chanting punish, punish, punish. <laughs> I'm just like, why? Uh, like, yeah, that was operates in like cartoon logic. Yeah, like why, what a weird thing to chant as a child. Like, <laughs> and yes, their, their punishment is that they have to watch Disney movies. Yeah. yeah. And the, what's the name of the like it's like the happy hut or yeah. something? They have to go harmony, to the harmony, yeah. harmony. Um, but the very first time that Crumholtz goes in there, and they just like I have it, the camera on him, and he just starts screaming and yeah. pulling himself against the wall, and they pan around, and it's, it's just, just a, a Michael, Michael Jackson, Jackson like, poster. poster, and I laugh so hard because it makes no sense <laughs> the that they don't address it. Yeah, <laughs> and, and it yeah, makes way more funny. sense in context <laughs> yeah. now. <laughs> yeah, but like, <laughs> yeah, but it's, this is like 1993, yeah. right? And it's just like, yeah, it's just random again. It's like cartoon logic. Yeah. He just sees a boy and just starts screaming. <laughs> <laughs> throws himself against the wall. Yeah. Um we said when Crumholtz popped up, like he has the same face he's always had, his body just has grown around yeah. as he's aged. <laughs> yeah. Um not to, that that sounds like a negative thing about his appearance. It's not. I'm just yeah. saying like his face is just very um I don't know. He has a very distinct distinct look. Yeah. And it's already there when he's this age, which yeah. is, you know, kind of it's kinda kinda crazy to see it. No. And I don't, I can't think of like a lot of Krumholtz stuff outside of like uh, Elf. Santa Claus. Or is it, was it, Santa, it wasn't Elf, it was Santa Claus? Santa Claus. He's the okay. head elf I in Santa Claus. I can only think of him as yeah. an elf. So it was he designs like, oh. the cookie dispenser and everything right. in, the, yeah. in the sleigh. I think he's one of the first people to die and this is the end. I was literally about to say, I think the last <laughs> yeah. thing I saw him in was falling down the pit and this is His the end. Big, yeah. With the me sh- wondering how good a friend David Krumholtz was with the rest of those guys to get into that apparently, movie. Because he's in like none of their other enough. movies. Yeah. 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 Um, and he's in that show Numbers, right? Like, yeah. That was his big okay. TV Numbers show. is a classic show that I never watched. Yeah. <laughs> you got you want to get on one of those shows and just, I mean, that's probably yeah, more money than he'd been paid any, for anything else. Yeah. But yeah. Um, cool stuff at the camp. I don't know. I like the reason that we this is pickable for a Thanksgiving movie isn't just that it's about family and so is Thanksgiving or whatever. It's because even though this is a summer camp, there's a Thanksgiving pageant at the end of the summer. And that is probably why we picked this instead of Paul Blart Moral Cop. Um, <laughs> probably. So I don't know. I don't I don't know since we're just doing camp stuff now if we want to jump into that or save it or whatever, but I'm fine jumping into it now. Sure. It was yep. the only scene in a sh- movie that's made me yell "Merc that kid!" <laughs> like yeah. uh, in, in all earnesty. <laughs> when they tied her up and like almost like wi- like burn the witch style, yeah. it's like I was just, yeah. I was rooting for them. I was yeah, like, yeah, yeah, burn her, kill that kid. Okay. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the kid sucks. It's oh, yeah. such it's awesome. a good so like such a good just camera shot too of just like Christina Ricci standing there with like the. F- house burning behind her and she just pulls out of her hair a bunch of matches (laughs) and just lights them and is holding them right next to her face and it's It's literally dousing gasoline on this girl and that is when the Adams family theme kicks in yeah as she pulls the match out (laughs) and we just never know what happens to that kid like they never (laughs) show it on a plane later oh yeah Yeah. I think I missed that because I was Uh, like I think that girl's just dead now they make it but we don't know what happens to the counselors who we do see on a spit yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I, I, we, I, we literally paused it because I wanted to see how they like practically did that. Because like you look at the actual oh, scene yeah. and it looks like they 
So like I was just like, how did they get Baranski and Peter McNichol like on a spit? <laughs> how do they have them that close to a fire? And I found out. So I was like, they gotta fix some of this. I found out re- it looks like real spit is my guess. I think they actually tied them up and put them on a spit, but the fire's just slightly in front, yeah. Yeah. like due to camera say, angle. But I was like, God, imagine being like both of them like going to work that day and being like, okay, you're gonna legit get tied to something and get flipped around while you scream and that's just your day yeah. and you have to trust us that, that nothing's gonna go bad yeah. Yeah. and that this isn't gonna untie and you're gonna fall face first into like oh mud gosh. or something it's like a little kid spinning it too yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um great yeah great job great come up it's the, the whole everything at the camp is pitched so well with and i you know stuff for that i wouldn't necessarily have picked up on as a little kid that's so obvious now when they're just continually reinforcing like very much white elitism the whole time. (laughs) Um, And a lot of the phrasing they're using and the different dog whistles are deployed so expertly throughout. Uh, Not just like this is privileged and, and he says something in the beginning and like, and when you're privileged, you get to have fun. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, And there's Um, just the part too, where they're like, even in the play, like the lines that they're using in it, like number one, that weird Turkey song is very disturbing. If you listen to the lyrics, Um, but it's all about the union of white meat and dark meat. And I was like, Oh, okay. Um, And then when I keep forgetting her name in there, but the little girl, the ex girl scout, um, okay. is giving like her monologue as the like oh, head yeah. pilgrim about how these savages and primitive people yeah. don't even wear shoes and they're we're welcoming them in and yep, like all these yeah. things <laughs> yeah and then like, oh sorry i didn't mean to cut you off no i was just gonna say and then the turn when wednesday's talking and then is going along with it and then stops going along with it and yeah. talks like you know, you people st- stole our land. And yeah. one thing, one thing that I forgot is that she's saying it basically to the parents who are all rich white people. Yeah. <laughs> yep. yep. I also like that Krumholtz's parents, like they give them like a, like one or two lines before to like kind of yeah. be crappy. So that, yeah. like when they serve them up some comeuppance immediately after, it's like, oh, don't feel bad for these people either. Yeah. We're throwing these people away too. So I believe the father is Barry Sonnenfeld, who's the director of the movie. Yeah, so. which would make oh, sense. Um, oh, yeah, so you know, he has the line like twenty thousand dollars for for summer camp, and yeah, it's, I think the mom actually has that line. Um, and this is in like this is what you get yeah. as their kid comes out and like a bunch of face painting and a, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. a huge yeah. Indian headdress. Uh, their words. Um, <laughs> so yeah, that scene's probably iconic. I think that if you only know one or two things about this movie, it's probably that scene because that obviously gets you know circulated around now every year. I would think. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, good good stuff. I think about. Like, even just, like, the broad, like, macro concept of, like, why haven't more people, like, done Thanksgiving movies? And, you know, like, especially with, like, all the, like, traditions of people, like, going to see movies on, like, this weekend or, or, like, you know, something like that. So it is kind of surprising to me that we turn on the, like, we turn, like, all right, and our, like, choices are, like, Adam's Family Values. Paul Blart in Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. And, like, Mm -hmm. that's the list. (laughs) Like, I feel like we need a couple more, like... If you look up any listicle BuzzFeed article about like, which is what I did when we were trying to figure this out, you know, 25, the 30 best Thanksgiving movies, a lot of it is this one's set in the fall or this one's about a family having a dinner and they talk to each other Yeah, (laughs) and it's not explicitly Thanksgiving besides this. 
Paul Blart's Black Friday, yeah. and Planes, Trains, and Automobiles is explicitly Thanksgiving also. Yeah, and like you don't even like Die Hard has proved you don't even have to play the seasons rule. Like Die Hard came out in July and made a Christmas movie. Like it doesn't uh-huh. matter. Like you can throw out a Thanksgiving movie in March. No one's yep. gonna care. They're just gonna get in the middle of it and be like, "Oh, this is weird." Yep. Yeah. But <laughs> whatever. We are doing Die Hard for Christmas season. Yeah. I don't know. I haven't nice. announced that yet, but oh, quick um, tease. Good tease. Yeah, <laughs> that's coming up soon. I think we're getting up at Christmas Carol. I'm first. so yeah, happy. No, you're totally right, though. I'm so happy for the person. Like, I have to get on a side tangent, but like, I'm so happy for the person who hasn't seen Die Hard yet that gets to see Die Hard. I think I have like time. two friends who haven't seen Die Hard before, and I want them both on. I want to be like, you guys, I'm so happy for you. You yeah, get to see like, Die Hard. Die Hard. <laughs> like, yeah, come on the pod. We'll have a few laughs. Like, yeah, it's it's gonna be great. Um, but not, not to get too, not to get uh, you know, a couple weeks ahead of ourselves. But, yeah. Um, this movie. <laughs> really really great mm-hmm. um and just to kind of put a I, I guess that's sort of the end of the kids arc until the very end when the only time went in the movie wednesday actually smiles genuinely <laughs> is after um kind of thinking about how bad debbie messed up and how she would be able to kill her husband and get away with it by scaring him to death and a hand reaches out of Debbie's grave and grabs Crumholtz, <laughs> and he's screaming a lot, and that makes her actually smile, and that's how the movie ends. <laughs> <laughs> gotcha. Yeah, good stuff. Yeah. So just kind of like going off of that theme of the like, kind of down with the like capitalist society of like the like rich mm. getting richer, and I mentioned when we were watching this to Ben that there's a lot of references to the French Revolution, <laughs> like throughout. Yes. yes. Um specifically and very heavy handedly the guillotine scene at the very beginning um, when the guillotine comes out and they bring out um, pubert the baby in the little carriage with the bonnet on and they start playing uh, the uh, Marseille Marseille. and it's so funny to kind of see that and like know like what they're trying to say here and everything um I but think then I also she explicitly is saying for like their crimes against France yeah, and stuff right? <laughs> like yeah. referencing it very heavy handedly but then there's also scenes throughout where they're in that um the dance scene the tango scene and there's people wearing like military garb yeah. that are yeah. around which is just kind of like nonsensical military garb but it's very French revolution-esque um and the same thing happens again at uh Fester's bachelor party there's again people kind of in a lay Miz style sort of like underground bunker kind of like sitting and like so yeah. I don't know I enjoyed that reference kind of back to it um but I feel like there's yeah this there's, whole, there's feels like there's something there's too much yeah there's there, this whole world that they kind of just keep teasing into that they don't fully explain of like all of the family members of the Adams family that they see at the end. And that's a big part of the first mm-hmm. movie. Um, but this like restaurant that they go to where everyone's kind of like dressed to the nines, but it's also this like weird military garb. And then all of the people who come for the bachelor party and everything, like, who are they? Where are they from? <laughs> I, I want so, to know more about this whole world. Yeah, I, I agree. So I didn't rewatch the first one, the 91 one before going into this. I don't think I've ever watched the 60s show or gotten into the comics from the 30s. Mm-hmm. But I feel like there was there's a reference there I missed because when they get into the, the cave restaurant and they make a specific point for Morticia to says like to say they renovated or whatever. So yeah. it's like, oh, okay, so this 
you're supposed I feel like I'm supposed to be picking up on, oh, I know what this was before. And that's, you know, a nod towards now it's different. I, I, like I said, I don't know if that's yeah. actually something or not, but as since I didn't revisit the entire uh, eight ninety year the Lord. Adam's Cannon yeah. before getting into it, yeah. But I just I like things that kind of have that world building aspect. Um, even though I don't know it, I do not kind of I did not do the deep dive into trying to figure out if there is one or if it's just kind of teasing into it. But it's the same way that like. I really like in John Wick that like all these things are happening, but there's an entire world system that's built underneath that you kind of find Smart, out more yeah. about throughout. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that kind of world building too, where it's just, and it's sort of like the beginning of this movie too, where it doesn't waste any time. There's no crawl at the beginning. It doesn't explain anything. Mm-hmm. It's just like, here's these people, here's what they do. Okay, title screen, let's get into the movie. And one thing you were getting at before too was the idea of, uh, pursuance of the French Revolution is the anti one percent kind of vibe yeah. as well. Yeah, I that think is I, all over. I literally this movie. said "eat the rich" sort of vibe mm-hmm. that they have. Yeah, that is that's that's totally there in this movie. Another thing I wouldn't necessarily picked up on as a kid, but yeah. they hate the the Adams in particular hate the idea of American exceptionalism. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They're very opposite of what you expect the normal family to be, like the sitcoms of the time and stuff like Mm -hmm, that. mm -hmm. Like Morticia and Gomez being like madly in love and not like ha-ha husband dumb and wife like nagging. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, I I love that that dynamic. Mm -hmm. It's so good. Anything else we want to talk about with Adam's family values? Nathan Lane. No, I'm sorry. Did we go over cameos yet? Like- Ca- yeah, cameos are just pre-fame bit parts. So yep. clear. Yeah. yeah, get into it. Um, the police officer when yep. they get there, they're trying to report that Fester has been duped. Um, is Nathan Lane, and I did not remember that even slightly. I looked more into it later, and I think it's pretty awesome that he was the original Gomez on Broadway. Um, so he played in the Adams Family, the musical. Um, but this is, I mean, he was, I believe at this time, 1993, he would have been well known in Broadway circles. Yeah, definitely. Oh, yeah. I mean. Ben was saying it's prior to Birdcage, but it's is not. It Birdcage? I thought it was after Birdcage. Birdcage is 96. Really? Birdcage was later than I thought. Anyway, yeah. sorry. Um, <laughs> but no, but he's fantastic. But again, it was kind of just like shocking to see him there. Um, and then Tony Shalhoub later. Yeah. <laughs> Tony Shalhoub for a second, <laughs> like yeah. just in just and out singing. Doing says one some sort line. of ambiguous accent. Yep. <laughs> I want to say uh, Google autocorrected it to Nathan Lame, so they have oh, something. No. Oh, so I think yeah, Google's got some issues with them. <laughs> whatever. Um, but talking, kind of calling back to you were saying, like it would be a very different show if there was a different person playing Gomez. Yeah. Like, what was Nathan Lane's Gomez like? Yeah. I feel like it was very different. <laughs> It was just mouse hunt again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So just yeah, quick rundown. He got his first Tony nom in 1991. So so yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. I mean, with him, David Hyde Pierce. Like, I feel like they probably dipped into a bunch of Tony people that just this is one or, or Broadway, not Tony. But my my vibe was this. They I think they just filmed a lot of this in New York, probably. Yeah, yeah. And these just, was around. Yeah. Like if you film in L.A., you get TV actors. If you film in New York, you get theater people yeah. to pop in and give you. A really good performance for the eight or nine lines that they have. Mm-hmm. Or grab, your sa- grab your what is it like uh, SAG plus ten or whatever the or scale yeah. scale oh, yeah, plus yeah, ten. Yeah, yeah. That's it. Like money and get out of there. Yep, yep, yep. 
so yeah, that's that's one. Chaloub has a sailor, like you said. Um, cool movie. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what you want from me. It's a good movie. <laughs> Watch the damn movie. Yeah. So this is PG thirteen. I don't necessarily know if it would be, you know, mentioned as a family movie more in a literal sense at the beginning of the podcast. I was uh, ju- I was saying to Bree because like early on there's a line where I think they're it's when they're in the hospital for the delivery. I think it's like Wednesday and Pugsley are talking to like another kid or something, and the kid's like, and then a stork came, or you know, like some yeah. generic like. Oh yeah. And then Before like, yeah, and then Pugsley's like, like uh, our parents are having a baby too, and then Wednesday just goes, they had sex, and I was like, <laughs> I wonder how many like kids that were like, because like PG thirteen movies, I feel like for like depending on the family, like yeah. a lot of times they'd be like, ah, as long as like a parent's there, it's. Fine. Yeah, sure, and this yeah. one didn't yeah. have like many warnings either. It yeah. just said like macabre humor and like that's it. Yeah, there was like, no I, like drug use warning or sexual yeah, content. Like, I remember once I got to like, I don't know, like 10 or so, like 8 to 10, somewhere in that range. Like, sure, it was yeah. fine for me to like go see PG 13 movies that I'm at least lucky. didn't have, yeah. <laughs> at least, I remember seeing like Dr. Doolittle when I was like seven or whatever and just be like, oh, I can see PG 13 movies now or like whatever. <laughs> was it a PG 13 movie? It might have. Eddie Murphy's involved, so you never know. Like, Chris Rock was a hamster or a guinea pig in that movie. Like, it was probably just like slightly a, like, Norm MacDonald. Like, there was a lot of like, like, very, like, not. I want to look this up while we're going, but. Su- suffice to say, like I, I just wonder how many like eight year olds, like mm-hmm. in that like where like the glass has was broken by that line in yeah, Adam's yeah, yeah. family, yeah, where like they yes. actually had to get a actual conversation out of parent. At least they put it at the beginning of the movie, so there's a good chance the kid forgot about the movie. <laughs> yeah, by the end of it. True, true. Fair um, enough. Yeah, but I did like it was one of the first things I thought when that line has like that line's funny, but also like I wonder how many horrified parents get on that line was on yeah. the other end. Yeah. Uh, a couple other notes, just random stuff filtering through my brain now as we're getting closer to the end. Talking about the anti-Americanism, anti-nationalist vibe of the movie, uh, the archery scene where they shoot a bald eagle. <laughs> the American bald oh eagle. God. Yeah, that was so bleak. Yeah, it's like <laughs> aren't those extinct? Now they are. <laughs> <laughs> Very funny. And then I also appreciated that when Joan Cusack's giving her villain monologue at the end, she's s- she set has, up a slide projector. She has slides. <laughs> yeah, she has slides. Of her previous husbands and her murdering each of them. <laughs> yeah. Like uh, she she had stopped to like take a picture before she killed them. Yeah. And in then, an era without cell phones or anything. Yeah. Slides. And then took the time to be like, well, I'm going to have to have my villain monologue, so yeah. I better set up yeah. a slide projector <laughs> and then a projection screen. I also, just to not kind of go backwards, but I really like that there's a scene of her watching the like worst unsolved murders like on TV. And she's featured. And it's yeah. her. And she's just like watching it, eating candy and like so good. Yeah. Oh, speaking of her, just one one thing I had that just kind of both made me mad and I found funny was that she was labeled the Black Widow murder and that's just the most generic thing for a woman serial killer. <laughs> it's like, oh yeah, this woman yep. like kills her husbands or her lovers for like money or whatever. It's like, this is the most generic plot they could have given a woman. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh yeah. Like that is literally a type of serial killer and they just gave her the most generic the name, one. Yeah. yeah, just yeah. anything more creative than Black Widow killer, like mm-hmm. give her a better name. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah. Also, the slide projector. The killer. Two, yeah. <laughs> yeah. True. Um, when they're at camp and they have the trading cards of all the like murderers, yeah. um, and Ben pointed out there's only two that like he says he doesn't have. Mm. He said he couldn't fi- he couldn't find them or something, yeah. and it was the Zodiac and Jack the Ripper, who oh. fam- famously never identified. Yeah. Since identified. Yeah. Zodiac the time, killer though. has been identified. Right, yeah. Yeah. Certainly 1991. Though. No, I think that. Jack you know, the to Ripper, get into a whole thing, there's a, been... there's a, there's right, a, there's never be proven. Yeah. There's just a right. since exactly. since yeah. the early '90s. I forget when it happened, but yeah, there was like they are pretty sure it was some Polish immigrant or something. Mm-hmm. But. Mm. but I thought that was well done too. Yeah, oh, that right. was very clever. Yeah, so well. good. Uh, anything else we want to hit on with the movie? I don't think so. I think that's pretty much everything that I kind of had. Like, yeah, cool. So, do do you guys think this is a good Thanksgiving movie? <laughs> Um, <laughs> I mean, it, it's weird. Like what? Because like it's like one of those things. Like so, for the explicit Thanksgiving scene, it's why we're doing it. But I think generally yeah. the overarching ideas align with the ideas of Thanksgiving. It's a yeah. pretty anti-Thanksgiving. Yeah. Like if you like think <laughs> yeah. about it, the holiday, but yeah. like the gist of kind of like family mm. togetherness. I think that comes through. Yeah, the, the not where... Thanksgiving part of the movie yes. is more Thanksgiving than the actual like oh, camp yeah. scene. For and sure. I think that was really well done, like yeah. doing it Absolutely. that way. The fact that the baby's go like doomed to become president and yeah. <laughs> and Gomez is dying because uh his brother won't talk to him. <laughs> it's like <laughs> It's it's heavy on the like good family stuff. It's not as heavy on like the like thought of like helping people or giving. Like yeah. I feel like that side gets lost. Yeah, that's not as much um, part of their. You whole could ar- you could argue that that was always kind of not true with Thanksgiving anyway. True. It was all just it's all just a mirage as well. So mm-hmm. I don't. I, I, I think that is something it tries to hit on as I, well. Uh, yeah. I, I called I called for I called for more. Uh, Thanksgiving movies earlier, but then at the same time, like what a good, a good Thanksgiving movie would probably more be best served as like an Aaron Sorkin play, where it's just like a bunch of overly smart family members just all pitching their own sadness around a, a table. I don't know if I want to yeah. watch that I movie. Know. Or it's like a it's a mumblecore indie movie yeah. or something. It's, it's what something that Jake Johnson got talked into, and now he's just oh yeah. doing like an angry Chicago accent for like thirty five minutes. Yeah, it sounds about right. <laughs> That sounds about the level they're looking for. Well, yep. this has been the Thanksgiving episode. Um, I like I said before, I didn't come up with a game at the end. I don't know if uh, anyone wants to improvise one. <laughs> what was the one, Brie? You kind of had the spooky characteristic thing. Like yeah. if we were like an Adams family member. Yeah, that's a good question. Does anyone have a good answer for that? You had. Oh yeah, uh, mine would definitely be. I'd be able to like detach limbs and just like throw them at people or something like that. <laughs> just be able to like kneel near them back. <laughs> That's really good. Like it'd spook people. It'd be fun. Like yeah, yeah. That's all you want, really. Those are the those are the key points to hit. That's really really good. I don't like like from like I'm already pretty pale, so like I don't think <laughs> like I guess like half that's of true. Pugsley's deal is that he's just like a kind pale of around. Kid. He's just uh, kind of around. Yeah, <laughs> and smiles well and has a bad haircut. Uh, I guess like I think for me like one that I would think is funny is like just having like. Like the ability, like when I laugh, it's like a weird, like villainous, like almost echoey laugh. So like, like supersonic. So, so yeah, like my laugh's already a force, and I understand that <laughs> as a as a trait of mine. So it's like to get to like pivot that into just like somebody tells like a funny anecdote, and instead I like ha like in a really <laughs> deep evil way like i think oh, would be God. very kind of just like off-putting to anybody yeah any that that fits i'd yeah. say that's a good i like one. that a lot 
Yeah, I like that one a lot. I legitimately can't think of one. <laughs> I know. I was like, you guys had great answers. So it was yeah, funny. Now it's, just, now it's too intimidating. I, I did literally just think of that answers. one now. I didn't even because like we talked about this like the other day, and I was like, I have no idea. Yeah, one of the first I thought it was funny because when I when we watched that episode, um, because we were they were playing. Herd mentality. Herd mentality. Great yeah. Game. So we were trying. Good pitch. To- <laughs> they're sponsored. No, they're not. <laughs> <laughs> we were trying to like pause it to see what um what we would answer. Yeah. Um, and then for the Adams family one, like I paused. I'm like, I would definitely like do detached limbs and stuff like that. And then one of the people actually answered that. I'm like, holy shit, yeah. <laughs> we would have won because we had the same answer. <laughs> yeah, I didn't. That um. is a good answer. <laughs> It's, it's tough. just weird enough, but like I don't yeah. lose the limbs entirely. So. Yeah. It's also t- like Adams. It's Adams family is weird because like some of the like Gomez's whole deal is just kind of that he's just like like a weird like immortal like mm-hmm. sexual being like this super yeah, suave no real, yeah like yeah. there's Loved no like wife. there's no like special power in the same way that like thing or like yeah cousin it you know like they don't right they don't yeah have as much yeah that's true dick. yeah he's just got like he's basically like the the non-violent parts of being a vampire yeah <laughs> like, yeah no you're but that's why right. i feel like that blake macabre like villain laugh would work it's like yeah. it doesn't have to be something super like gross or anything but it is just off-putting enough that it could it could fit just like vincent price's actual life like. <laughs> i think that yeah i think that's probably that's probably the best place to be could you could yeah you just, just narrating things really say, like you just end up being like the 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 like Disney haunted mansion like uh, narrator, oh, but like yeah. as Perfect. a life, the ghost host. Yes. Yeah, the ghost host. Oh, like you're trying to host. order at a yeah, deli, be, and you're just be, like, I'll, I'll oh, thousands host. of pigs have been slaughtered <laughs> for me to have a ham and Swiss sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. There's always my way out, and then yeah. I just leave through the normal exit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're like, yeah, that's everyone's. Yeah, that's weird. I mean, I guess employees have a bag exit. Yeah, that's yeah, so all called ghost host. <laughs> I like it. I like it a lot. No, that's right. Uh, well, thank you guys for being, you know, the uh, one thousand and one through one thousand and fourth um, happy haunts to join the podcast. Right? <laughs> so I'm trying to remember some of his lines. Um, <laughs> there's always room for four more. There's always more. room for four more. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's re- weirdly specific. The Doom Buggy only seats two. Yeah. Um, did you guys watch uh, Muppet Haunted Mansion? Not yet. <laughs> now, that no. it's past, now that it's past Halloween. I didn't talk about it for Halloween, though. Uh, it's good. <laughs> it's very, very silly. It knows yeah. exactly what it is. Mm-hmm. But it's it's, it's, it's a TV special, so it's only 40 minutes long. It's not a full-length yeah. movie, but it is more along the vibe of what I think I would want from Muppets. It's less like kind of um, divorced middle-aged energy, mm. like their TV show from a few yeah. years ago, <laughs> um, and more of the kind of, I mean, very explicitly, structurally, a lot of the Christmas Carol energy in it because it is Gonzo and a sidekick character being the main characters and mm. like kind of narrating like they do in Christmas Carol. So I liked that. I think it's not Rizzo. They hate Rizzo now. Oh, Rizzo never Rizzo. gets. I love Rizzo too. Oh. Rizzo has the best line in Muppets Most Wanted, but that's the only. He has one line in the between the Seagull movie and Muppets Most Wanted, <laughs> and it just happens to be the best line. I uh I 
I think one of I just want to throw this out there because I want it on record on a podcast. One of my favorite pieces of Muppet media is the Muppets. I think it's like Muppets go to Walt Disney World, and I don't. I think it was just a TV special, and it's just the Muppets running around Walt Disney World being chased by Charles Grodin for some reason. <laughs> like they just, oh, like they just, like Rest they just got like, like I think like either right at like Beethoven era Charles yeah. Grodin pay, pay, to just be in like his, in his know, biggest paycheck he's era. Like, yeah he, he's like a security guard at Walt Disney that's just going around trying to arrest Muppets while they just do Muppet <laughs> shit like around that sounds awesome I gotta check that yeah, out it's, it's gotta be on YouTube somewhere we yeah. had it like on VHS somewhere but yeah that's real dumb it's a pretty, pretty fertile period for them because that I assume is right around when they made Muppet Vision 3D yeah which and is I, really good I haven't seen that in like 20 years and now that I brought that back into life. I kind of want to rewatch it for Groads. Get <laughs> big ups to yeah, Groads. What that, a life! <laughs> so funny. Yeah, he just died. What, like six months ago? No, nah, that was a long, long ago. Yeah, he was, he was older than I thought. He was, like, yeah, he in was. his eighties. He was. He came to fame late. Yeah. Um, right. But yeah, uh, love the. Do we? Do we? I don't want to hijack your podcast. But we do a quick best Muppet around. Like, oh. Best Muppet or best, best Muppet. Like, Muppet movie? Be- best Muppet. If you want to throw oh. in best Muppet movie, especially uh, if partial to Gonzo. When I was little, he was blue. So <laughs> <laughs> my my favorite Muppet is always Swedish Chef, but I oh. always oh, I always geez. like to throw Beaker in there. Because, yeah. So we were watching something the other day where someone said Beaker sucks, and I was like, was I'm ready to go to war. Like, ready to go to sucks. war over Beaker. <laughs> No, it no, just no, no. goes like, how do you hate Beaker? Like, I can get yeah. Beaker being annoying, I guess, to some people, but yeah. like all the physical comedy. Brie, I don't know if you have a favorite. I don't. You can just say not Scooter, and I'd be technically, happy with it. <laughs> uh, technically, Sesame Street characters are Muppets too, so oh, they're they're fair. Just throw some, the Snuffleupagus slow hanging fruit out there. And just, <laughs> just, everyone says Snuffleupagus. <laughs> <laughs> you got to be cool. Be, a, be a hipster. Don't say Snuffleupagus. <laughs> I feel like I barely remember the Sesame Street characters, uh, too. Like, I, guess, I guess I made the hard question harder. Oh, what so. are those two, like, uh, opera dudes? Yeah, them. Yeah, that's all. <laughs> They're great. Oh, yeah, those, are good. those are good. <laughs> you guys pick, like, the three best. Um, <laughs> I do always like Sam Eagle. Um, uh, just for how ridiculous he always is. He's a treasure in he is Muppet a treasure. Treasure Island. <laughs> he's he's the treasure. treasure. But, my like, my probably favorite is Gonzo. Gonzo or, is great. Oh, I like Animal too. Yeah, Animal's also one of one of the bigger problems I have with the more recent ones is that Gonzo is a tertiary character in the yeah. Seagull one and in Most Wanted. Yeah, when he used to is, be like the clear number two. Yeah, like, like it was Those, like him and Fozzie were usually like the main like Kermit. Yeah, like it would be like Kermit, Miss Piggy in the center, and then it would be like the B plot is like Gonzo or Fozzie doing something. Yeah, those yeah the two those two movies are Kermit and Fozzie centralized, and then the fir- the Seagull one is the dude that Seagull made that came in. <laughs> Walter. Walter. I want to say Walter, and then Walter they they give Walter a decent amount to do in Muppets Most Wanted too because they're like, well, we just made Walter. I want I want to meet the person whose whole plot or whole not whole plot or his whole like vibe is like his favorite Muppet is the dude who just has the fish. Oh my god, I can't remember that Muppet's name. The like fish that guy definitely guy. is out there. Yep, I'm just gonna Google like fish Muppet like guy, and it's definitely gonna have a name for me ready to roll. Nope, it didn't. Oh, Lou Zealand. It is. Oh yeah, Lou Zealand. Lou Zealand. His whole yeah, his Lou. whole so personality is that he has a fish. Yep. <laughs> yep. I yes. 
fantastic. Oh, yeah. There you go. Adam's Family Values and Muppets. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This this would go. This would pair well with uh, Muppet Haunted Mansion, I think. So you can check that out too. Statler and Waldorf are in a Dune buggy. <laughs> A doom buggy. A doom buggy. A doom buggy. Yeah. <laughs> and it does stop at one point and the ghost host voice does the does like the PA announcement that uh, happens when it stops on the ride. Bree, I'm sorry. We're gonna have to watch a lot of Muppet stuff. Yeah. And they're, they're like, this ride sucks. Or like, yeah. whatever the joke is. I don't remember. Oh, it's killing me. Oh, yeah. you're already dead. Yeah. You know, it's something like that. <laughs> that was like really that. good. It. Yeah. it was really good. <laughs> I was really on that note. Yeah. Uh, thank you guys so much for being on our Thanksgiving special. It's Ooh. special because it's coming out on a day I don't usually put podcasts out. Woo. <laughs> uh, you can you can follow us on Instagram. We do not have a Twitter um, by choice. <laughs> uh, the T Public Store is available to you if you want to get a nice t-shirt uh they're nice there you can also just get a sticker they're less money but you know you want to wear it i think um get both put the sticker on the shirt put the sticker on the shirt put it on the 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 graphics only on the front so put the sticker on the back they can get you coming and going surround sound exactly put it on the sides too just in case you're moving by while you're twirling they get it from all angles yeah, stick it right. on the pole outside the mcdonald's so everybody driving up can see perfect, it. perfect. Oh, smart 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 <laughs> um yeah i guess rate and review is on <laughs> i guess uh rate and review is on apple Podcasts, itunes Don't rate and review. it, it really Scott helps Ackerman the show <laughs> um and you can get us wherever podcasts are listened to you already have but in case you're like listening in the browser and didn't think it was an option you can get as an apps also thank you guys so much for being on k sam brie i hope you guys come back soon thank, thank you. you hurry back it's a haunted mansion <laughs> reference <laughs> all right cutting it <laughs>